you just love that music track? That's Lacey Canfield. Talented and amazing. Her most recent album is called Dreaming in Color. I really encourage you to check it out on iTunes or wherever you find your music. She is one of my absolute favorites. And welcome to episode three. My guest today is Emily Maxson. I think you're gonna absolutely love what she has to say. Besides being an awesome friend, wife, mother, daughter, sister, Emily is a chef and a food blogger. Check her out at Emily's Fresh Kitchen. She has the most beautiful spirit and energy and also a great sense of humor. I've had the privilege of traveling with Emily to a small town in Peru where we have had the opportunity to be part of an amazing community outside of Lima, serving alongside our Peruvian friends. She has encouraged and loved her friends there and I have seen firsthand the eternal impact of her family's commitment to the ministry. Emily's journey to what she calls food freedom is remarkable. She inspires me with how she took a major health issue, a big struggle, and turned it into an incredible way to help and inspire others with healthy eating. And best yet, she gives all the glory to God. Listen in. So here we are on another beautiful spring day. And um, I'm so happy to be here with Emily Maxson, who I have known now for, I don't even know, like five, six years or something like this. And Emily and I have a cool background together. We have been to Peru together probably five or six times yeah. serving with Peruvian partners. Um, and it's a really cool ministry. You guys should check it out. And Emily and I have been down teaching English to a bunch of amazing kids and teenagers. And we have been able to be part of the community in this town called Flores de Villa where we are doing life alongside our Peruvian brothers and sisters. So it's an honor to be part of that. It's an honor to be here with Emily. Um, and I hope that everyone enjoys this conversation. Um, Emily is an amazing uh, cook, nutritionist, chef, all those things. And uh, one of my favorite things about you, Emily, is when we get to go out for dinner in Peru. <laughs> And it's always so fun to like look at the menu with you because you look at it so differently than I do. I'd always go for like what looks safe, what looks like something that I've had before. And you're like, hey, let's try X, Y, Z. Let's try something <laughs> like that, right? Well, I really like to eat. So and I <laughs> like to take advantage of the different cultures and learn more about um, what they like to eat. And of course, we always have a Pisco Sour or two, mm -hmm. which isn't really available in the United States. But if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend that special Peruvian beverage or the, what is it called? Chicha? Oh yeah. Chicha. I don't care for chicha, but people love it. <laughs> Your daughter does though. Yes. Uh, our families both go to Peru and Emily's daughters, one of them, Abby, is a particularly fond of chicha. So mm -hmm. if we are served that and um, not sure about it, we ask Abby to drink all the chicha, right? She's a good sport. She finishes ah, it for us. That's so yeah. awesome. I love her. Um, okay. So um, like I said, Emily is an amazing creator of food and she has something called Emily's Fresh Kitchen, which you should really check out on Instagram. Is that the best place to find it, do you think? Yeah, Instagram. I do a lot on Instagram, but um, just emilysfreshkitchen.com is my blog slash website where basically I just post recipes. So, so tell me about Emily's Fresh Kitchen and how 
how that became? Like, where did that come from? Well, my background, I've always, like I said, I love to eat. So <laughs> that leads to um, a joy of cooking. And I always like to cook, even as a little girl, I had a neighbor growing up, a woman who I would go down to her house and she was a good cook and she would always let me create recipes. So I would sit there as, gosh, I don't know, maybe a seven-year-old, six-year-old and say, how much brown sugar goes in cookies? And she'd say, well, about three quarter cup or something like that. And yeah. I would, I would mix, make up recipes and then she would let me make them. And that was, that was so much fun for me as a kid. And she was a wonderful neighbor. My mother also is a wonderful cook. Her mother's a wonderful cook. And my mom um, has done a lot of entertaining, always liked to have friends over and families and cook good food. And I just love to eat. So <laughs> when, when it came time to figure out after high school what I wanted to do, um, I did think about culinary school, but I didn't feel that it was that practical because I knew I wanted to have a family. And mm -hmm. my idea of being a cook or a mm. chef meant working in a five-star restaurant um, late nights and long hours. And I didn't think if I was looking long-term that that would be a good fit for me. So I went to a four-year college, a liberal arts school, Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And after two years there, I was studying... Um, psychology. I thought I wanted to be a therapist, but then I realized I just um, got so emotional. I was too empathetic. I knew I wouldn't be able to um, not take sad stories home or things yeah. like that. I just knew that that wasn't the best fit for me. So you would make a great therapist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we were praying before this and I just think about Emily, how intentional and thoughtful you are. You're such a good listener. And yeah, so that makes sense. Okay. Well, you're very sweet. But um, So after two years, I was not sure what to do. And my mom was great and brought me to a career counselor. And I took all these tests and, you know, about what your skills are, what your interests are, and discovered, you know, number one was culinary arts. Um, and then there was photography and there mm. was creative writing and there was floral. I, I mean, it was just different than things I had thought. I mean, the cooking made sense because I loved to cook and I was always cooking for my friends. I think in high school, one of my friends, 16th birthday, I made her dinner. I made her escargot and she was just like, they were kind of Who like, does what that? is That's this? 16 years old. That's cool. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so then I decided, okay, I could, and the ther the career counselor, he explained all the different possibilities you could do with a culinary degree, and it just kind of opened my mind that it wasn't just, you know, a chef in a restaurant at night. Mm -hmm. And so I went to culinary school, and I was already living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because that's where Calvin was and had my friends there, and their community college there had one of the top programs in the country at the time, so I just stayed there, living there, and went to their culinary program and then I went on to uh, food and beverage management got a degree in that as well wow I didn't know so, that that's cool yeah so that's kind of my background and um, always enjoyed cooking uh, uh -huh. eating loved um, loved mixing with flavors and techniques and learning about that when I first heard about you this is before I knew you I've heard about this woman who does these cleanses mm -hmm. and you're sort of like a a 
guru of healthy eating and cleanses and that was really intimidating to me. <laughs> but I don't think now that I know you, it would be so intimidating. It sounds like it just makes good health sense. Yeah, well, I had a cleanse business and I ran that for about, I rented a commercial kitchen and did that for about four or five years. Um, just a three day healthy cleanse. Cause I mean, I love to eat lots of different things and sometimes it's easy to kind of overdo it and be like whoa I need to get back on track and I mm -hmm. think like this it's a, a raw food um, all plant-based cleanse just kind of helps you re give your uh, digestive system a break and kind of set you back your palate back on track to healthy eating it's not a long-term thing it's just a three-day thing kind of and I think the more I learned the more I got into it the more I realized how many people um, are interested in just a little reset like that. Mm -hmm. um, because life is about balance and mm -hmm. it's, especially now that I have food freedom, there was a season in my life where I didn't. Mm -hmm. And because of the strict diet I had to do for my Crohn's disease. So um, now that I have food freedom, I do like to have pizza and get an ice cream cone on occasion where I couldn't do that for a long time but it can be and not that I would go to extreme or whatever but it's always nice to have something just kind of reset you back on track for so. sure uh, I want to ask you about the Crohn's but when you're talking about the cleanses I'm realizing like you kind of took your therapist part <laughs> with the cleanse right because you sort of, I remember now hearing that you kind of walk people through it mm -hmm. and give them some encouragement and kind of check in with them every day right yeah I yeah. send emails encouraging emails and yeah and describe what what they're eating and yeah, yeah. so um, Emily I know um, you've talked about this in the past and I'd love for people to hear about your experience because you had a really serious illness and you were a really young person at the time yeah, so I had just, I got married, let's see, I was 27, and Chris and I got married, and less than a year into our marriage, I woke up with severe abdominal pain, and I could um, could barely move, and I kind of tried to work, make my way through the morning. He had already gone to work, and um, I was, these pains were increasing, and so I called my mom and she said, you know, let's get you into the emergency room. So she came and took me to the hospital and they said, wow, um, it's probably appendicitis. Mm. It seems like, mm -hmm. you know, that's what it, it was looks. painful, right? It was very painful. And they, um, they did an ultrasound and they couldn't find my appendix, but they thought, which is unusual. I don't know if it was hiding behind my intestines or what, <laughs> but um, they said, we don't see it, but this looks like, sounds like, smells like appendicitis. So we want to go in and take out your appendix. Okay. At that point, my husband had gotten there. He worked a, his business is a little farther away from where we live so it took him a while to get there but once he was there you know we just all made the decision yeah let's go ahead with the surgery um, it's supposed to be a quick procedure not a big deal but um, while my mom and my husband were waiting for me in the waiting room they they it, two hours had passed and Ooh. they hadn't heard anything so they hmm. went in and were like uh, what's going on with Emily and they said, let's call into the operating room. And they said, oh, they just got finished removing part of her small intestine. Now they're working on her large intestine. Whoa. And 
they were like, what? You know, we thought Wait, this was an appendectomy. Yeah, did they get the, did they write it down <laughs> wrong? No, 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 there's been a mistake. Wrong patient. <laughs> Ooh. No. So my little surgery turned out to be four hours where they did in fact remove wow. part of my small and large intestine because while I was in there, they discovered disease that there was, my intestines were diseased, had, I guess, sores and fistulas or whatever on, on them. So they removed it and they said, um, when I woke up, came out of it, they said, yeah, we're pretty sure you have Crohn's disease. We're waiting on the pathology report. We'll let mm. you know. And I had no idea what Crohn's disease was. You went they in thinking it's your appendix and you came out with like a whole different diagnosis. Yeah. And this was 23 years ago. So we didn't have, there wasn't Wi-Fi. I didn't have a smartphone. I wasn't, oh, yeah. couldn't just like look that up. And so fortunately we had it. My husband's family had a good friend who was a doctor who knew all about it and explained a lot and that you'll be in the hospital for a long time. I was there for two weeks recovering. It was ex extremely painful. A year or two, that medication stops working. Mm. You climb what they call the pharmaceutical ladder. There's, mm -hmm. you know, the basic medications that will work for so long and then your body gets used to it and it no longer works and you have to go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So I climbed that pharmaceutical ladder for about 10 years mm. and in the middle of it had a lot of flares, was in and out of hospitals. Um, just didn't, didn't they tell you too that maybe you wouldn't be able to have kids? Yeah, they said there's a good, because of the type of surgery I had and just, you know, when you have a disease like that that affects your digestive tract, you don't absorb uh, the nutrients oh, sure. as well, so it make, can make it more difficult to carry a baby. Oh. But fortunately, I saw a naturopath, and she was like, oh, well, that's because they removed this part of your intestine, and that's where you absorb this vitamin and that nutrient, and we'll put you on that. When do you want to get pregnant? I was oh. like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I had great um, nutritional support and was able to um, get pregnant and have two girls. So yeah. I was grateful because it's not not everyone is blessed with that so um very grateful that I, I was scared when they told me i wouldn't be able to but yeah fortunately i was right um yeah so i did that i was for 10 years on medications and then um i had the same uh naturopath she had recommended to me that i do this diet called uh, the specific carbohydrate diet um, which is outlined in a book called Breaking the Vicious Cycle by Elaine Gottschall. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, the thing is the diet is incredibly strict and you have to make everything from scratch. Back then for sure. Today now with the whole paleo movement and all these grain-free things and sugar-free things, there are more products on the market now that you could buy and do the diet that would be mm -hmm. helpful. But at the time it was everything you'd have to make from scratch. And it was a serious commitment. Like for example, if I wanted to have ketchup, I would have to make ketchup from scratch. Mm. You know, things like that. Yeah. Just any little things, salad dressings I made all from scratch, things like that. Which I had the background, you know, God is so cool and how he puts everything together. Yeah. That I obviously went to culinary school so I know how to do those things. But raising two small girls and having to um, make all this food 
everything that I would need to eat was a little daunting. And plus, I love to eat. I wanted to go to restaurants and I wanted to eat pizza and I wanted right. to, right. you know, have the things that I loved and try all the new restaurants and new items. So mm -hmm. I was, I was like, well, I'll think about it. And it was one of those things where God is trying to tell you something and he kind of has to knock you on the head a few times. <laughs> and so I had a few other incidences where people had, um, brought up the diet out of nowhere. Um, my parents' neighbor had a friend's daughter doing it and had great success with it. And I started hearing more and more. So I was like, okay, Lord, if you want me to do this diet, I know that um, you will help me do it. Yeah, I, Actually, I can do it uh, yeah. through Christ. Right. So, right. I mean, because I it's it seemed intimidating. So... What I did was I started doing the diet. I said, okay, so... Even for someone like you who knows food, understands how to make these things, it was still intimidating. Yeah, because it's just a lot of work. And just selfishly, I wanted to eat whatever I wanted. So it's kind of a loss because here's you love food. Like, mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't people would not know that if they looked at you. You're like this little slim, cute beautiful lady but you love food so um you and that's your joy is like making food tasting food like you're into it and all of a sudden you're like if you want to heal you're gonna have to give that up exactly that's hard it is hard it was hard but it was um obviously it was I mean it was worth it it was great it's so so you did it you I did, did you committed. it yeah I did it I decided because the theory of the diet is well, you eliminate complex carbohydrates. So it goes to the, the molecules of the food. Like I could only eat monosaccharides, not disaccharides or polysaccharides. So yeah, that's a part the, science <laughs> lesson too. It, it is. Right? I mean, you learn that because your intestines are damaged. So oh. it's hard to um, digest longer chains of food because oh, okay, it can't be sense. absorbed. Yeah. And so then the parts that don't get absorbed rot and bad bacteria feeds on that, Ooh. causing more damage, making it harder to absorb food, causing more bacteria, the vicious cycle. So that's, oh. you break the vicious cycle by no longer consuming foods that leave, um, leave waste behind for bad bacteria to feed on. Mm -hmm. So the theory is you do the diet for one to two years mm. and then your intestines would be healed and you can hopefully resume, you know, a, a regular diet again. So I thought if I'm going to do this, I need to do it for, um, make sure I can make sure I have this self-discipline and the ability to do this while juggling my life. And so including two young girls, exactly. And a husband. Which, because sometimes husbands are like the, the eaters of the family. Like, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, they were all very supportive, and they would eat mostly what I was cooking and eating. I would make a few tweaks for them, but for the most part, mm. um, they would eat what I, you know, what I was eating. And so I did it for three months and realized, yeah, actually, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And way, to, way to plug into the title of the podcast. <laughs> and. So then I went down to see my doctor at the Mayo Clinic and I was still taking my medications at the time. And that was one thing. It was at that point in my life, the medications were working, but I was at the end of the road ah. where I would have to go to the next one. Mm -hmm. And 
I was really concerned about all the side effects mm -hmm. and um, the type of drugs I were on, was on at the time increases your chances of different types of cancers mm -hmm. and things like that. So I was looking long term like this maybe I could maybe manage it with this, but I don't want to get cancer in 10 years and deal mm -hmm. with a whole nother thing. So I was finding an alternative way and I really believe God was in all the details. He revealed the diet to me. He gave me the self-discipline to do it, mm. the skill set ahead of time to know how to do it. So it wasn't um, such a leap for me. Mm -hmm. So after the three months, I went down and saw my doctor at Mayo. And just three months. I did it for three months. Okay. I wanted to make sure I could do it before I went off my medication. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I see. So I was mm -hmm. still on my meds and I went down and talked to him and he said, you know, you and your insurance company pay me a lot of money to tell you what I know and what I've learned and what my experience is. My experience is people who go off these medications will relapse. Ninety-some percent will relapse. And then if you were to try to go back on the medication afterwards, there's like, I don't remember the exact number, but something like 75% chance it wouldn't work because your body had stopped having it. And then, I don't know if it fights it off or I don't know sure. if it's like a vaccine yeah. or what. But um, so, um, so anyway... So he, but he, he said that, but he said at the same time, you have to do what's right for you and you have to make that decision and we'll support you in whatever way you need to do, which was unusual for a conventional medicine doctor. I was really appreciative of his support. And sure. so um, I stopped taking the medications and continued with the diet and I was feeling great. Wow. And I went back for a follow-up appointment and they said, we thought you'd be back in three months. We just, you know, we're really surprised. But now we have something to share with our patients who are looking for dietary, um, other other paths, other mm -hmm. ways, looking for dietary ways. And, and he's, you know, they said, you know, which is great. Now we can tell them we do have a patient who this has been working for. And in fact, so that was, oh my gosh, 12 years ago. And I just had a colonoscopy a year ago down there, and there was no disease at all. Oh my gosh! So nothing. I have goosebumps all the way down my to my toes. Yeah. So after doing the diet for 18 months, mm -hmm. I was able to reintroduce food and eat how I wanted to. So that back to what I said before. Now that I have food freedom, food you freedom. know, mm -hmm. I, I. Um, I'm able to eat different things, but I'm still very cautious. Like I'll go out, like you said, we go in Peru, we'll go out, oh, I wanna try this, I wanna try that, I'm gonna have a Pisco Sour, um, churros in Peru, things Ooh, like that, which yeah. I never would have been able to eat on the diet and would have um, you would suffered upset, from it. I would, it would yeah. probably suffer from it. But since I can do it in a more balanced way, now that my intestines have healed, and that's why I don't go to, try not to go too crazy with food freedom eating whatever I want whenever I want I eat it eat pretty clean most of the time but mm -hmm. I'm not legalistic about it but I don't ever want to go back to where I was sounds like a good balance really is where you're at at this point that's that's what I'm shooting for yeah so you started a blog yes and how did that like where did that idea come from well I love creating recipes and I think 
the thing about one of the cool things about doing the diet is it got me back into the kitchen but I was stretched creatively because I couldn't use the mm -hmm. ingredients that I normally was using like if I were going to have the only sweeteners I could have on the diet were honey or fruit mm. nothing else so if I wanted to have some sort of sweet treat I had to try to figure out how to make it with honey or dates I could have dates so that Ooh, that, exciting. Yeah, I know. But I've, I've since learned how to manipulate those products into well, that's um, good. things that that can taste pretty normal. So um, I was making a lot of recipes, and, and I would always just kind of make things up, but I never really wrote things down. And people would say, how did you make that? Or I would like to make that. Mm -hmm. And so my idea to have a blog or a website sharing my recipes was a way for kind of accountability for me to actually write down and figure out the ingredients and the method so that other people could do it and I want to write a cookbook that's one of my goals in life and this is a way doing the blog is a way for me to start um, accumulating the recipes um, working with an editor to edit my recipes, working with a professional photographer to take the pictures. So as I'm now starting to write a book proposal Ooh. to hopefully get an editor, I mean, not, not an editor, an oh, agent, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of material to go in with. And oh. so it's, it's been great. And, and then ultimately, I just want to share with people that they can make good tasting food out of healthy ingredients that are going to be good for them nutritionally dense and just you know disease preventing i feel like mm -hmm. cooking is one of the main things or choosing what we eat is one of the main things we can do to take control over our our health yeah well right it's what you're putting into your body every single day yeah I, yeah, I've gotten better at it and people like you who make it look not so scary. Like, that's what I love about when I look at your recipes. Like, I could do that. We made those almond bars. What are almond oh, joy? Oh, the almond joy granola bars? Oh, I mean, they're better than, they taste so good and better than um, so many things that I've had that probably are not much less helpful for my health <laughs> I don't know how to say it not unhealthy but you know because those bars are not unhealthy are they no I no. mean they're pure real ingredients yeah you know that's kind of what what I try to do and not I want it to be approachable I want people mm -hmm. to see oh I can make something that tastes good for my family and it's easy to do mm -hmm. um, and I just also people today there's so many special diets or restrictions or allergies that people are following these days and you know some for very good reasons i you know we're all different and we all need different things we're um and i like to show different ways like well if you're dairy free or grain free you mm, could do this mm -hmm. this or this because i feel like through my own restrictions that i had for years and then um other people in my family with different diseases or illnesses and having to follow different diets it's nice to be able to make something that everyone at the table can eat mm -hmm. or tweak it a certain way 
for that extra person who has to follow a strict diet for one reason or another. Yeah, your recipes are like real food. They don't look like food police type of recipes. Do you know what I mean? Like some recipes feel so um, so sparse in flavor, and that's what I think yours are exactly the opposite. They just have flavor and they look so good. You have a really good photographer. Well, thank yeah, you. I mean, so Baylin is amazing. She is a wonderful woman that I met through um, Modern Well, a women's co-working space in Minneapolis. And we've just had so much fun. That's one of the things I really enjoy is photo shoot days where I get a couple different recipes together and mm -hmm. we shoot it. And it's she's she's so talented. Emily, we could talk forever. <laughs> but let, let me ask you just a couple more things. Oh, there's so many things we could talk about. Um, what is, okay, so the cookbook, that's so exciting. You're starting to put it together, right? Yeah. Do you have a name yet or are you not sharing that at this point? Well, I mean, we'll Emily's see. Emily's Fresh Kitchen? Emily's yeah. Fresh Kitchen is kind of where it's right now unless it's suggested something different. Yeah, and I love I, it. We'll see how it, if it happens. I hope, Hope that it does. I'm working on it. It's one of my goals, so that would be fantastic. We'll see. Fav if, you, if you're making dinner tonight for the Maxon family, what would be the best dinner that you would want to make? Or like, what's your favorite thing to make? Well, I mean, I like to make what I think the people I'm cooking for would like. So that can vary, you know? Mm. And so, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and so for my family, during this whole quarantine season for the coronavirus, I it was such a blessing. I mean, it's a terrible situation, but the silver lining was having both my daughters home from college and having them here for dinner every night for mm. seven weeks, mm. you know, it was the, the four of us. And I don't know when we'll ever have that time again. Mm -hmm. And so I was, okay, you're home. What are your favorite foods? What are your meals? What, what do you guys want me to cook? And I was just kind of dedicated that time to, um, nourishing them with love and food and their favorite things and love them up as much as I could. So yeah. the thing that they always request is the seared ahi tuna bowls. Ah, I, I remember that picture. I think you guys had it a couple times in one week, oh, didn't yeah. you? I, it's, I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> well, we like sushi and uh, fresh mm -hmm. fish. And um, so that's one of the things that they love. And so we, I would if it were for my family, I think that's one of the things that I would make for them. Mm. What's your favorite thing to eat? Oh God! Let's say it's your birthday and you're going out. Where <laughs> would what kind of food would you like? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Or so does it many just different depend things. on your mood. Yeah, I mean, I would want to check out a new restaurant. Yeah, um, probably. I mean, I love guacamole. I love Mexican yeah. food. Ooh, um, making me hungry. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, and anything else you want to share with our listeners? Oh, I would just say with my experience, one of the things that I really learned through my health journey mm. um, is, you know, you may get a diagnosis for something uh, or a, a said treatment that this is the way that we treat this. I just want to encourage people to... Um, do their own research and advocate for themselves and push for alternatives mm -hmm. um, because we are all made different and there are things out there that they aren't going to say right away this you know oh yeah this is a another idea you could do mm -hmm. and I mean I I believe in can, there's a place 
for conventional medicine, and I'm not discounting them at all, but there are also um, alternative ideas, as I found for myself, the power of food and changing my diet could really change my health mm -hmm. tremendously. So I just want to encourage anybody that's struggling with any type of diagnosis and treatment that they're not thrilled about to really pray about it and research um, alternatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like that verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Um, thanks, Emily. You know, I have to tell the people who are listening that I'm sitting at Emily's dining room table, and these chairs are so comfortable. <laughs> and it makes me realize, like, I can just envision your family sitting here in these chairs that make you want to stay and talk and um, fellowship together. And I think, like, I'm feeling the love of food sitting here. I can just imagine what it's like to have a meal in your home. Um, and just enjoy. You would just have a gift of hospitality and just making people feel welcome. So thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been so great talking with you as always. Oh, talking with Emily always leaves a smile on my face. Gives me something awesome to think about. She is full of wisdom. She is kind. She is funny. She is beautiful. Um, it's just, she's the real deal. Also, as someone who can't cook to save my life, I am in awe of her culinary creations. I really appreciate her recipes and suggestions because they're full of encouragement. Like, actually, maybe I could make some of those delicious dishes that she's got. Hey, check out my episode notes to learn more about the diet that she talked about. Find her website, her blog. There are pictures and how-tos, and she will make it really doable for you, too. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would be so grateful if you would share it with someone, or please go ahead and make a comment. As always, thank you for spending some time with me today, and I hope that 